Welcome to Homegrown. I'm your host, Sophia Ng, and today I have my co-host here. Tim Ng, I am here. (laughs) And we wanted to hop on since it's been almost a year and a half since our last podcast uh, recording and give you an update on what we have been up to. Uh, So much has happened. (laughs) So much has happened. We've been really heads down and hands in dirt for the last, what, year and a half, June 2021. Um, And so we wanted to give you an idea of what we've been up to since our last episode, some lessons that we've learned, uh, what we have planned for 2023, and what you can expect from us moving forward. We have quite a bit of things that have happened and things to do, and we figured we would pop on here in January 4th, 2023 now to set the tone for the year. So let's get started. Where we were in June 2021, we had just acquired some land up in Northern California. We had about six acres parceled out just beautifully with two ponds and ag water for our animals, a couple of streams that flowed through nice home. And then, you know, we really went to work. I think in our last episodes in June, we had visited Joel Salatin's farm out in Polyface and took the children. And since then, we've actually visited a few more farms, uh, learned what they were doing, regenerative farms, learned what they were doing and, and started putting our hands into the dirt even more. And got to work and implementing what we were learning. So it's almost like we felt, we often say, we got our MBA in California. Definitely. <laughs> you want to talk about the livestock that you brought on? Well, yeah. And before that, we wanted to ramp up as quickly as possible. So we sought out mentors, subject matter experts. And like you mentioned, we did visit Polyface Farms multiple times. And that was captured in the last podcast with Emily. And we gained our confidence in processing meat birds and our first turkey last year our first turkey (laughs) i got a little overly ambitious and got a hundred ducks as well (laughs) 50 to 50 meat ducks and 50 egg layers that was interesting too because processing them was a lot more difficult than broilers and we, we took away the three tenants that Joel had taught, taught us, and one was security, second one was access, and third was water. And we applied that to our homestead in Northern California. And back to what you were alluding to, the livestock, I went a little crazy with livestock. It was something that I really enjoyed, um, spending time with animals. Mm-hmm. And we brought in a couple of sheep along with a couple of goats. We'll talk about more of this in terms of what we thought was going to be a division of labor. Tim was the one that was a little bit more hesitant on the homesteading front. We, yeah. we both kind of were, but we'd never done this before. Neither of our, we didn't grow up in farming families. In fact, your dad went to Berkeley and my mom, even though I, they were immigrants to America, they had already lived in the cities in Vietnam. So, you know, us going back and uh, 
going back to our roots, really, it's it's something that didn't exist in anything that even our parents grew up in. So many of you probably don't know that um, Tim is actually a military veteran, and we'll we'll talk about it more later. But you know, there's always elements of PTSD after your time in Iraq, and I think you know, watching you throughout the past year and a half. actually two years with the animals, um, you and dad, my dad also served in the Vietnam War. Seeing the both of you really take a liking to the animals and in a very nurturing way, I think um, was something I've never seen other than, you know, our own children. You really, and dad also really took a sweet approach to tending to the animals. And I, I really cherish that. Yeah, I, you definitely brought that to my attention, and I wouldn't have put those things together. But you're absolutely right. Just being with the animals and tending to them, taking care of them, it just brought uh, a level of peace in mm-hmm. my heart and satisfaction of you know getting up every morning and doing some of the chores and taking care of them and knowing that I had to get up because I had to take care of them. They were they were waiting on me, you know. And, and the geese. Oh, don't get me started on the geese. Uh, we, <laughs> we got geese to protect the ducks in the pond, and they just ended up being more trouble <laughs> than they were worth Guardian and very loud. But I did want to touch on what you were saying. It is, it's definitely very unorthodox of what we were, the approach that we were, you know, just to start a homestead was very intimidating. We, <laughs> we grew up in an Asian American household where in the Silicon Valley, where it was just, Hey, work hard, get straight A's and go to a good college and go be an engineer go be a doctor, go start a company and you'd be an entrepreneur. And nowhere was it ever acceptable to, Hey, go be a farmer. <laughs> right. In fact, my mom came crying to me when the girls were playing with the shovels and she said she didn't want this for her grandchildren, that she didn't come to America, the land of opportunity to watch her grandkids work the soil. And I just remember telling her, I said, this is exactly why you came here to America so that we could have a better future. Right. your grandchildren will have the best future, mm-hmm. not behind a computer screen, the way that both you and I right. grew up in mm-hmm. or, you know, had started our careers. So it, it's very unorthodox. And we've actually had to overcome a lot of, you know, their <laughs> biases of farming as well as ours. It's been, it's definitely been a journey. And to your mother's point, yes, it seems like a lot of hard work at first, but just think of all the skills and the responsibilities that our children have learned by being on a homestead and learning where their food actually comes from Mm -hmm. and knowing what a a live actual chicken looks like. And it's not just, you know, wrapped up in saran wrap in a grocery store and learning where how to actually grow their own fruits and vegetables. It's been such an empowering experience mm. for them. Mm-hmm. And I think they've had a lot of fun. Now, there, there, are, there have been a lot of hard days, I will admit. And I think about that, too. I, of course, I want to help them out 
as well. We don't, we don't, we don't want them to suffer at all, <laughs> but we do want them to appreciate the hard work that goes into raising the crops and raising livestock so that they can become good stewards of our land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's talk about where we are today and some of the lessons learned. Right, so we, we made the transition from moving from Northern California to the Appalachian Mountains. Appalachian. Appalachian. Yes, right. I have to <laughs> learn uh, learn the new lingo. In Appalachia. Appalachia. Appalachian Mountains <laughs> here in East Tennessee. And and there were several key takeaways. Now, as you alluded to the military experience, I I focus on security and that's something that, you know, we've learned before and perimeter security and we spent way too much on the fencing we had over eight foot high fencing to protect our animals it's like ironclad fencing right in there California. was nobody was going to scale that fence <laughs> yep. and if you took a look at it you know those you know especially those living in the city would say oh that's great security to keep bad guys out but we built the fence so that deer wouldn't be able to jump over the fence and we wanted to keep our livestock in and keep all the predators, coyotes, out uh, off our property. Yeah, there. Let me just tell you a quick that you tell tell you guys a quick story. We didn't realize how important fencing was, right? Uh, until we actually lived with our neighbor who didn't have proper fencing. And I remember waking up at three o'clock in the morning to a cow <laughs> on our front yard. They are you know, huge. And they are huge. I remember it set off the security. <laughs> and I was like, what in the world? And it's, we went out at 3 o'clock in the morning, you and I. It was in the rain, too. It was in the rain. I had my flip-flops on. You had your flip You were chasing a cow. I, I can I see it so clearly. You were chasing a cow. And I was freaking out because the cow was running through and stomping all over the citrus <laughs> trees, like my yeah. citrus patch. Yeah. And I remember at that point, I well, it's, was just like... It's terrifying because, I mean, this is an 800-plus pound beast, and <laughs> all we had on the property were triple-strand barbed wire as fencing. It was, it was definitely very poor fencing. And to wake up and have this beast of an animal, like, on your front yard leaving cow pies and just, and I'm trying to chase after it and make a lot of noise, you know, things that you learn about. What if you see a bear? Make a lot of noise. Make yourself bigger. And The cow doesn't care. We probably look really foolish, but it was through that experience we knew fencing had to be a priority so that we could keep our own livestock in, but also keep predators Predators. and and other, and our neighbors' (laughs) livestock out. Expensive lesson learned, but definitely something that, you know, when we started this homestead here in the mountains, we knew that was the first thing we had to get in order. So, Well, yes, fencing is extremely important, but we did learn a lesson. We were able to spend less than a quarter Mm -hmm. of what we spent on that fencing in California. I'd say less than a tenth. Right. And and it was just as effective. We created a four-strand high-tensile 
electric electrified net um, fencing. And how many voltage? Eight, over 8,000 volts run through the lines. It keeps the goats, the sheep, it keeps my it keeps our LGD dogs in the space and it keeps all the coyotes and other predators out. Mm-hmm. So it's just as effective, if not more effective, for a tenth of the cost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're excited to be able to to talk more about that, but essentially that was where you know California Homestead was where we got our MBA we really felt that we jumped right in and uh moving out here we often liken it to getting our almost MD PhD program because we're learning so much about nutrition our food our the way that we farm um the way that we grow our food it is on a such accelerated schedule, but not only that, we're learning so much in depth from. Yeah, we're going. Uh, I say our best friends are seventy-year-olds here, and it's a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship where we are helping them out, and we're also learning so many things. It's like I have ten sets of grandmas now that we're learning so much well this is the way societies are supposed to be where we're we're supposed to be learning from our elders and they have so much more experience than we have out here they know they know how to can goods they know how to skin a deer they know they have hunt they know how to fish they know how to hunt and fish basic (laughs) things that i didn't learn growing up in san jose (laughs) (laughs) um and we've grown so much i've learn from others and I now know how to frame a wall, how to mm-hmm. how to hang drywall, how to use power tools and not be afraid to use them. Mm-hmm. We we've just gone so much deeper. Yeah. And as you mentioned, just learning why. Why why is it so important to be growing food from our own growing food and eating food from our own land here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And not to mention, you know, we'll go on hikes and we'll we've learned how to forage Mm -hmm. and bring those home and make our own herbs. It's, you know, completely this closed loop cycle that I just love. It's very low waste, (laughs) zero waste lifestyle, but also a very fulfilling one where we can see beginning to end, eating nose to tail, all the things that I imagine my great, great, great grandparents lived. And the best part is... I was able to acquire more livestock out here as well. <laughs> yeah, why don't you talk about that? We have a couple of dairy cows, mm-hmm. and we milk our own cows. We've taught our girls to do mm-hmm. it, and they have a full-fledged business going on right now, mm-hmm. selling dairy products. Yeah. Who knew? We could uh, create our own butter and yogurt. Kefir, Just, cheese. It's been exciting. We've been, we took the skill sets we learned on our homestead in California, and we took it up a notch, if not two notches, to just enhance it. And we're constantly learning. And why don't you talk a little bit more about the community, though? That's the that's the whole reason why we moved out here, right? Exactly. I tried to build community in California, where we were at. You know, I tried to put together a bulk packaging event, and. Yeah, sure. People signed up. They got really excited. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I said I'd provide the supplies. I just wanted to meet the people. 
And ultimately, I think the weather oh, was an issue. There was a little bit of delay with um, Azure, the bulk uh, delivery service that we were using. And everybody bailed. And it was really disheartening. I was really crushed because, you know, you, you go into this realizing that you can't do this all by yourself. You can't buy all of the equipment. You can't buy all the tractors, the side-by-sides, the, well, we were looking for a backhoe. Like we didn't, we needed to dig a hole. So, you know, it's not like we could buy a backhoe and a forklift and all these other attachments. And that's just the tractor alone. There's absolutely no way that we could, one, we wouldn't want to buy it all, right? Um, And so living out in rural America, we really do. It's so important to have community. There was not enough people in California, in the area that we were, where we were at, that really seemed concerned about being there for one another and and growing their own food. Yeah. In fact, I spent, I felt like I spent more time trying to convince people (laughs) that we needed to build community rather than finding the people that we needed to work with and work together. So I had been, I knew January 2022 this year, or well, I guess a year ago, that interest rates were going to rise. We had just finished building the fence. And I turned to you and I said, hey, if we're going to ever think about leaving, we need to leave now because interest rates are going to jump drastically this year. And this is after we just refinanced mm-hmm. to, I think it was 2.25%. And in, in October 2022, 20, 2021. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you were like, really, where are we going to go? Where do you want to <laughs> go? And I'm like, I don't know. So we were looking for communities in Texas, Oklahoma, and specifically East Tennessee. We hung out at these coffee shops and met the people. You know, it's it's hard when you're looking on Zillow or Redfin or Realtor.com when you're looking for you know, your home online. It's hard to tell who the people are that live there. You can take a look at the land and the property, but ultimately... There's no way to tell who the people are. So, yeah, we booked a two-week trip, and we figured, you know, if we weren't going to find anything, we were just going to hunker down in California and fight. <laughs> yep. But, um, yeah, we, we went to the coffee shops, and we just sat there for hours, and we talked to people see to see what their thoughts were on, you know, the, the community where they're at. Right. And this is after doing like hours of research and isolating these communities. Like I knew there was rainfall. I mean, I had a whole spreadsheet <laughs> looking at rainfall, access, water, laws, legal, all of it. But ultimately, you know, we really wanted actually Oklahoma to work out. They have some pretty incredible laws there. Oklahoma, and Oklahoma had o- great laws. And- had great laws, but also a lot of yep. people from California, even in our area, and our our chiropractor even in California, he bought some land there, and we actually shared a mutual real estate agent out there. <clears throat> Ultimately, we wanted to be we wanted to surround want- surround ourselves with others who could teach us and mm-hmm. that we could learn from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had been following East Tennessee homesteading groups on Facebook since uh, at least ten years ago. 
never thinking even once that we were going to step foot in East Tennessee. We didn't know anybody. We I don't, don't. I don't even know if I even knew where it was on the map. <laughs> I didn't. You know, what states were around it? You know. <laughs> but I had just been enamored by the lifestyle and the mm-hmm. things that people were growing, the way that they they thought, their philosophy on life, and so I said. I think I remember you just wanted to go home after like 10 days. You wanted to scrap the four days that we had <laughs> slotted for East Tennessee. And you right. were like, what What property? I was apparently in charge of East Tennessee and Tim had the fun job of Texas and Oklahoma. And obviously as a project manager in his career, he performed very well. Well, I mean, I had properties lined up to see in <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas. Mm-hmm. And Texas would have been probably the easiest transition for us. But yeah. But after spending time out there, we realized a lot of the folks weren't actually homesteaders. They weren't growing their own well, that, food. Yeah, that was the issue with both Texas and Oklahoma. We would look to see how dry it was even in February when we came out. But ev- not, none of the houses that we found had gardens. And, and when we drove around, nobody else had any animals. Well, those that had farms, they were doing that as their job. And then they would go to the local walmart or grocery stores to buy their groceries instead of growing their own food Mm -hmm. and that was a little disappointing and so right east tennessee i asked you do you have any properties lined up and you're like no there's just there might be some raw land but everyone (laughs) there just buys land and plops an rv there i mean and (laughs) coming from northern california and we had this Nicely built out homestead homestead that was (laughs) nearly off-grid ready to think, we're going to start all over again? That seemed kind of of defeating there. And I was not looking forward to it. But I said, you know what? We'll go and see a beautiful part of the country. But I'm glad we went because... Yeah, I think the only thing I sold you on, because you were adamant, you're like, let's just cancel the trip. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we'll stay stay in California. I think we're done with the tour. And I said, no, let's go. Uh, and I remember you just gave me this look, like you're so disappointed again. <laughs> we always would joke around that I'm the baby sister, like <laughs> just the one that's just not as organized. Ma'am, I'm the eldest one in my family, so and yeah. I'm the baby sister right. in my family. So I'm just like, do do do. But I didn't have anything lined up other than meeting the community job. I had connected with a a community leader here who set us up with a luncheon with 10 other families that had just recently moved. And they all came from out of state, too. And they all came from out of state. Chicago, New York. Seattle. uh, Seattle. Yeah. We had a great lunch in that I was we were just grilling everyone, asking all our asking questions. all the questions. Yep. Um, we had met the congresswoman, and you met the sheriff. You asked really tough questions. Well, we just we just felt at home. The rest of the country just has these stereotypes of, <laughs> you know, the South of the South, and 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 the, they're just misconceptions, really, because the the folks that we've met, the people we interact with on a daily basis are just hard-working Americans that are truly genuine people that want to help. And we haven't had a bad experience. It's It's been great. It's, it's been great yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it, we were we were sold on the community. And, and, and I would say that was the 
one defining factor when we flew back we looked around and said what did we build what is the purpose of building all of this if if we didn't have a community to help us and i mean literally before we even got here we had the community leader you know help us drop off a mobile chicken tractor because we were crazy enough to bring our chickens from California on we, a road trip. <laughs> we did. It was like a circus. Exactly. You know, he came over to the house and set that up for us. And he even helped us because we felt like we were missing out on raising our broilers. And so we went in together on it. I mean, right off the bat. And it just became such an affirming uh, feeling for us. And, and, mm-hmm. and since then, I could count on my two hands families that would be here for for us in a heartbeat if we ever needed them and that's just been less than a year's time and that's because we've been there for them as well filling in what their needs are and helping out wherever we can and vice versa so it's just i think the mentality of people they are very independent minded you know they like to tend to be independent of uh, outside forces. <laughs> they're independent-minded, they're freedom-loving, and about even our own property in terms of freedom, it's unrestricted property. Mm-hmm. So the county doesn't really have much say about what we want to build. And here. that's not like California, is it? No, not at <laughs> all. <laughs> I don't think we're used to this, but we really love it. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we got here, just seeing the rolling hills, rolling green hills alone was just confirmation that there's water here. And that was something we really struggled with in California. And also something that we would have struggled with potentially in Texas and Oklahoma, because even during that time, the grass was very, and this is, this is after learning to look at things differently, right? I never would have paid attention to grass before. Never. But we have become grass farmers now, and so... We know what to look for now in a homestead. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, access to water, access to good grass and fertile soil. Yep. You know, let's talk about what we have planned for 2023. So we're going to be building up on our dairy farm. You think? I think so. We actually have a micro dairy with our homestead partners mm-hmm. where we co-own then three if you well so we have three which means that's at a very minimum enough to have milk all throughout and give the others uh, rest where they need so we have that going Um, i am a weston a price chapter leader Mm -hmm. here and will be putting on some events i've actually put some events on already in 2022 teaching how to make sourdough and kombucha we are growing food from our own amended soil already, so I'm really excited for it. I would say it isn't as easy as it was back in California. On our homestead in California, we amended the soil and got, I think we harvested 150 pounds of watermelon mm-hmm. in just a couple of months being there. It has not been as successful here. There are so many pests because the soil is so fertile. A lot of challenges. It's a lot of challenges only because we are organic, like organic farmers. 
We don't uh, spray. We don't spray anywhere on our soil, anywhere on our land. And because of that, it makes it a little bit more challenging, but not impossible. I am determined to figure out right. how to beat these pests. So so for those who don't know what Weston A. Price is and mm. what a Weston A. Price leader does, why don't you provide a quick summary? On yeah, that? so... Um, you'll have to look into Dr. Weston A. Price and his work there, but essentially he was a dentist that studied the different cultures, indigenous and modern cultures at that time. He ended up touring indigenous cultures around the world and studied why some cultures or some people, why they didn't have any uh, dental cavities or overcrowdedness. Um, in their structures of their face versus those who lived in modern societies with processed foods, beginning to have processed foods. And you can see the health differences. So essentially it goes back to, you know, returning to our roots and eating grass-fed, grass-finished um, fats from our animals and organ meats, raw dairy, raw milk, and fermenting our grains, sourdough, kombucha. Because of our journey into uh, Weston A. Price and Sally Fallon's work with nourishing traditions and cleaning up our diet since Emily was born, so that's been 11, 12 years in the making now, I started working with mom in the kitchen on how to make these recipes, making our Asian recipes more nourishing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been something that's been on my heart for it has. a long time. You've seen me through, you've told me to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's also a great excuse to spend more time with mom and capturing all those recipes that she's has over the years. And it's just great bonding time. And to, to, to capture that and... And to have this legacy for our children to pass this down, it's just priceless. Yeah, and I, being in the Bay Area and living that crazy lifestyle. That one day is here now. Yeah. Um, I actually was approached by Chelsea Green about two months ago. <laughs> um, they loved our story, you know, uh, our crazy story, but they felt that it would resonate with a lot of people. And... We signed a book deal just about a month ago, mm -hmm. uh, and they are so excited, so very excited about our project. They want to launch and have the publication out by October 2023, which means I technically have, I had about two months to write the manuscript from when we signed the book deal. So the manuscript is due mid-February and pre-orders will be out as early as March <laughs> to meet the October deadline. We are super excited, super proud of you. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Yeah, I just wanted to give myself a couple of months to yeah. to spend time with mom, really, and, and just finally knock it out because it's something that, you know, it's something I cherish. I love the way she's such an amazing cook, such an amazing cook, and... You know, you and I have taken her out like... Well, we'll go to these nice date night restaurants and... Palo Alto. Oh, yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, great places. And after tasting some delicious dishes, I'd want to bring mom back so that she could taste it and replicate it. And 
and she does she has a great palate to be able to do that but you're just gonna i'm just so excited for you both i know you're gonna cherish this time mm. well i thank you for your yeah. support all these years and mm-hmm. especially this push because a lot of a lot of my time away and working on this project is is more time for you on the farm and, and working too and with the kids so yeah thank you for that mm-hmm. it's it's good time and uh no, that's we're we're here to support one another. You were there to support me during my deployments, and I'm here to support you in this next venture of yours. And I'm really excited for what God has in store for us and for you in this next chapter. And not only are you are you working on this book, but now you're invited to go and speak as well at these homesteading conferences, and yeah. that's that's very exciting. And I'm going to be here with the with the children, the family, and, and the cows, and, and the cows. And <laughs> you know what? It's hard work, but it's fulfilling because you get to see what you've accomplished in the day, and it's it's pretty cool. It's very satisfying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what else we got going on here? Oh yeah. So let's talk about what our listeners can expect moving forward. We've decided you'll be definitely hearing more from us. Yeah, we were on a huge hiatus, yeah, up we until were, this point. It was building out the farm in, in California and then oh. picking it all up and moving it all across the country and then doing yep. it all over here. <laughs> but, you know, we have some, we have so many learnings. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of tips and tricks on how to... Get that homestead started in less than 60 days. Oh, yeah. That's that's going to come out soon as well. Yep. So what to expect moving forward is we've agreed that Tim will be taking the lead on homesteading and farming content and documenting what we're doing here on the farm, including security. That's something that is really near and dear to Tim's heart as a military or ex-military guy well i'm i'm excited to share and looking forward to the next podcast that i'm going to be sharing on this and and let me just be clear i i don't claim to be an expert at all on uh, animal husbandry but i am just excited just to share my experiences with you because if you're out there and you're thinking about starting a homestead if i can do it you can do it i grew up in a city i grew up in san jose I had no experience with power tools or being on a farm, actually, whatsoever. And from where I've been to where I am now is just a total 180 degrees. (laughs) And I want to be able to share my experiences, share my failures, share my lessons learned, because I want you to get there faster. I want you to succeed if you're listening. And if you have any questions... I'd be more than happy to help you through it. And so I hope that these future podcasts where I'm sharing about the homestead, that uh, you, you just have something to take away, that you learn learn something new mm-hmm. from my experiences. And are we going to see your pretty face on YouTube anytime soon? <laughs> I am also working on that too. That is uh, another project. <laughs> and so uh, aside from this podcast, I will be getting on the YouTube as well. We will be sharing our experiences there so you can actually see our homestead. And I, I think it's uh, just, I, I learn by, I'm a visual learner as well. And uh, I, I know podcasts, or I'm sorry, YouTube would be 
a great avenue for folks to to learn what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for the video that you're working on right now. Um, and you've been working on it for a while. But it's actually going to showcase the homestead that we left in California and how we built that up. And I just love how you walked us through it. In fact, Tim actually walked the new owners through the land and and what we built and why we built it the way that we did. And I love the way that you explain it from, you know, a security standpoint, thinking about redundancy, many of the things that I had not thought about and I didn't even know you thought that way. Yeah. Uh, So I'm really excited. I mean, I, I, I wasn't there for a lot of the meetings that you've had with the electrician or the plumber. I was more on the homesteading, like uh, the garden side, but I'm really excited for that because I think I'm going to learn a lot from, from that and how you think. And I think everyone here Mm -hmm. who, even if you've had an established homestead, I think it'd be really, yeah, I'm sure there's got to be something that they'll learn from that. I think so too. The video is a recap of our journey and <laughs> it goes over our homestead in California. And there, there was a lot of thought that went into what we spent our money on. Now, albeit we did spend quite a bit of money on certain things, and but there was a lot of thought that was put into it as to why we did what we did. And I, I look forward to explaining that to people, to our viewers. And, um, I hope they learn something from it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And, and then what are you doing then? <laughs> you're working on this book. <laughs> and you'll be working on the book, but you'll also be showing some recipes. Uh, yes, actually, delicious Asian dishes that are highly nutritious. Yeah, so I'm going to dust off my camera. That's right. Um, When Tim was deployed in Iraq, gosh, 2007, Mm -hmm. 2008. A long time ago. Baghdad, yes. um, I was really struggling with depression then. It was completely out of my control what was going to happen to you. You were actually gone for 18 months during the surge. And... Um, you were in such a remote area, I couldn't reach out to you. And so I took up photography because that was something that got me literally outside of the house and not freaking out. Uh, so I'm going to dust off the camera and start doing videos of me and mom in the kitchen. Some amazing photos Take of some of, dishes. Take some of my photos again yep. and really get back into it because I have not touched my camera in a really, really long time. So I'm going to get back to that. And um, But you've become a great cook, though, along the way. I have. I have. Thank you. Thank you. And I've, I, I love it when... You and the kids, I know you love to eat out. <laughs> I know you love the most disgusting, <laughs> like, <laughs> greasy food. Dim sum? <laughs> yeah. There's no dim sum here. I know. That's what I miss about California. But you know what? We have <laughs> we have food security. We <laughs> I will make you dim sum. <laughs> but there's nothing like the fulfillment that I get from seeing both mom and dad, you and the children enjoy every last bit of the food that I knew 
we grew with our soil, what we put in it, what we didn't put in it, and um, and have you just love it. So, Yeah, I think um, from what we did back in California, that was focused on trying to be more off-grid, the property-wise. Mm. But now here in Tennessee, it's focusing more on being self-sustainable, and, and that dives deep into the food and how we grow our food and how we prepare our food and what we're putting into our bodies. So yeah, it's, I'm excited. I I want, I can't wait to see your videos, um, what you're sharing and your blog that you're going to be showcasing some of these awesome dishes. And I hope I, I wish the, our viewers can taste the dishes when they see it come out, like jump out in photos because they're absolutely amazing. And the best part is highly nutritious. I mean, even I joke about it, but you know, you know how much I love ice cream. And now that we make <laughs> our own raw, now that we make our own raw dairy ice cream, I mean, before I was like, oh, come on, we're going to make it in the sink. But <laughs> tasting it, it's delicious. There's nothing yeah. quite like it. And yeah. the best part is you, you, you tell me I can have as much as I can. I'm that's like, that's true. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, I know. That was actually, ironically, that was one of our biggest arguments when we first got married. And I had no idea how much ice cream you ate. Like it was. It's a big part of my life. <laughs> and and so now, yeah, I even tell. We can do my, our own. Uh, yeah, I tell my Make dad and I tell the kids and I tell you, like, go ahead. Finish every last bit of it. It is raw milk yep. with raw egg yolks. And organic vanilla extract. Right. Maple syrup. Can't buy it anywhere. I can't wait till you share the benefits of like the raw butter as well and how we're cooking now with butter. And even now, I think (laughs) your mom, like she winces when I cook with butter or animal fats because it is highly nutritious, but everything that society teaches us about how that's going to lead to cholesterol is all misconceptions. And Mm -hmm. so... I can't wait till you share that all that information as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Together, we wanted to talk about building community because that mm-hmm. is such a huge part of this. Like homesteading is great for your family, right? But we often produce extra for those around us. For example, even mom's pho word got around that to our other neighbors that we make delicious pho. So for Christmas, they actually put in an order <laughs> for yeah. mom's pho. That's right. And, you know, we make Vietnamese yogurt. That has been selling like crazy here, and the girls are just loving it. It is about building community. and It's also about emotional support, too, because, I mean, homesteading's not easy. And there are many days when we can get, it's easy to get frustrated out in the field or, you know, with pests have gotten into your crops or mm-hmm. if one of your animal dies it's, it's it's so challenging and it really gets at your emotions and you get and you start thinking like am i cut out for it you know am i and and the thing is like sometimes all your family and friends are not on board with mm-hmm. this lifestyle because mm-hmm. it, it is a different a different form of lifestyle. Well, we've we've gotten so many comments about right. why are you guys going back a hundred years? <laughs> why are you why are you going backwards? Why are you going old fashioned? Have yeah. You guys turned Amish. I mean, <laughs> no, it's just the way that what our values and 
what we want to provide for our children and the legacy we want to build has led us here. And mm -hmm. that's why it's important to have such a strong community that will come and rally and help pick you up. And so, I mean, even recently, it was the very last day of December and one of our dairy cows died. Yeah. And that was such a blow. And as That I, was a blow for both. I thought she was getting better. And I... I it, and then you start, I had feelings of doubt as to like, yeah. oh, what did I do wrong? What if, you know, what if I had gotten to her sooner? I mean, what if I had changed the way that we, you know, I treated her, you know, in terms of like medication? I don't know. It was so tough. And the only other time, as I mentioned before, was like only when I was leading troops in Iraq and we had issues when one of my soldiers got hurt or injured and I felt I was responsible because I was a leader at the time. And same here in the homestead. I'm the leader here. And if any animal gets sick or that animal died, passed away, I, I feel responsible for it. And, but fortunately, we have such a great community. <laughs> and our mentors, basically, who, you know, co-owned that cow of ours. He came over. Came over. Uh, oh, that's right. He came over with some whiskey, and we held a wake for the cow. I mean, that was that that brought a that brought a chuckle, and and it was nice, yeah. and it was really nice of yeah. them to think of us. And the very next day, we well, actually two days later, we went out. No, and it was the next day. It was the next day. Mm -hmm. We went it was and January first. We answered an ad and went to North Carol uh, Virginia to pick up another dairy cow, another Jersey, mm -hmm. and we went with our mentors, and they taught us how to look at the cow and it's definitely not like buying a used car you have to <laughs> there are certain things to look for and how to handle the cow and and that was just i mean just them coming with us just gave that boost of confidence that i needed again that encouragement and they helped us through this entire process we brought the cow home and and the cow is healthy and great and so we're going to keep it up. We're going to, we're going to keep doing what we're doing because it is important. We have to keep up, you yeah. know? And I also want to talk about building community here online. Um, you may not be in our local community, but we want to get to know you. We want to, hopefully we can inspire you through our stories and some of our failures. Hope that you learn from them so you don't have to experience them yourself. But ultimately, we are so excited to be able to build the community here. Sometimes it can be a little bit isolating because we live in rural mm -hmm. areas of the country. I know that a large percentage of urban and suburbanites have all moved, not all, but a large percentage of them have moved to rural areas. So I'd love to find out who you are, how we can support each other, and just be there for one another. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, wherever you are in the country, in the world, you know, we are solving some of the world's biggest problems in having our own homestead and being more self-sufficient, but also striving to be not just self-reliant, but community reliant as well. Absolutely. We want you to not ever feel self-defeated we want you to feel encouraged through this process and if there's anything that we can do to help boost you up we will well if you enjoyed our podcast today we hope that you subscribe and 
learn more from us and we would love to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram at Sprinkle with Soil and also www.sprinklewithsoil.com. All right. See you next see you time. See you next time.